This is Quadrant 4 Politics. My name is Riley, and I'm here with Matt. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Riley? I'm doing all right, thanks. Uh, to the audience, I'm so sorry we haven't recorded an episode in a while. Just the holidays and stuff got in the way. I got a new job that really distracted a me. A new so. job? Wow, look yeah, at you. I know. So, uh, sorry for the delay. We'll get right back to it, I promise, uh, to your regularly scheduled programming, even though we don't have a regular schedule. We're we just trying know. our best. Uh, anyways, um, send us an email at quadrant4politics at gmail.com, sending us any questions. We would love to hear from you guys, so please do that. Uh, even if you think it's a stupid question, we want to hear it. We will laugh at stupid questions. And we'll give stupid answers. <laughs> it will so. give stupid answers. All of our answers are stupid. Anyways, uh, was there any, any updates you wanted to give before we begin? Crazy week going on here. Yeah. Um, Alright, do you want to start uh, with the questions? Mm, sure, yeah. Let's. Uh, which one are we starting with here? Uh, let's do that one. That, would, that one is the uh, from the political compass test. Matt is pulling a question from the baggie of cut up questions <laughs> I feel like that's a all right man what I don't know man it's just the bag is so loud <laughs> I'm sorry you bicker about that every time but all right uh, okay um, pornography depicting consenting adults should be legal for the adult population strongly disagree disagree agree yes strongly agree do you mind if i uh, read it again go ahead pornography comma depicting consenting adults comma should be legal for the adult population and of course the four answers are strongly disagree disagree agree and strongly agree uh what do you think matt well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely on the agree side of it. Um, I definitely believe uh, people should be allowed to do and watch what they want. Again, you know, as long as it's consenting adults. Uh, but, you know, the more, like, they're taking away our rights, like vaping and gun restrictions, makes me think, like, why is pornography not among that list? It is. You haven't heard about that? No, I haven't. Well, it, it, they've been talking about it on the Reason podcast a lot recently, so it might just be like a libertarian issue. But yes, there are Republicans in government trying to ban pornography. It's like the new wave of uh, pornography banning. And um, a lot of conservatives and Christians are still violently against pornography, which, you know, I understand their aspect of it. It's just when anyone tries to tell me how to live my life i have a severe problem with that so clearly i'm going to be strongly agree well on this I, i'm one. not and i mean there's definitely a difference between the morality and the legality of it uh, yeah i definitely have bigger moral problems with pornography um you know such as the uh mental uh changes it can cause to a person's mind the unrealistic expectations it creates uh it's supposed to linking with uh drug trafficking, uh, and then, you know, cheating in relationships, whether, you know, it's considered cheating or whatnot, but whether or not us as individuals should be allowed to do it, uh, or participate in it, or view it, um, I mean, I definitely think it's something that we already have going on, and we already, you know, it's already there, so I don't see a reason to stop it. Yeah, I... I don't know if that makes sense. I am, I'm a big supporter of porn and the sex industry. Uh, I, I think like prostitution should be legal and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, however, I don't deny that I think there are bad parts of pornography. 
Um, I think it, it can become an addiction. I think it can create unrealistic expectations. I don't think it's as bad as other people say because I think most people use it in moderation. But, you know, you can that can be said about anything. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, weed is bad when you use it a lot. But there's people who, you know, are huge defenders of weed and say, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. But I know people who are, like, addicted to weed, and that's like, they can't do anything unless they're a little bit high, you know? Mm, yeah. So, and, but, and there's the whole argument of, like, can you become, like, is weed addictive? Can you actually be addicted to it? And yeah. it's like... Yes, you can because mm-hmm. I've seen people who are like, "Ah, oh, crap! I didn't smoke before I came to work today." Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like they haven't been sober a single mm-hmm. like you know day in the last year. So, uh, you so, know, there's same people with pornography. You know, they just can't get by without viewing it. So, and I think that pornography can help be uh, healthy in relationships. I don't think that it's something that's uh, completely unhealthy to relationships or unhealthy. Well, and I saw something regarding like. Uh, pedophiles or whatnot like the ones who engage in like child pornography or whatever are less likely to actually go out and uh offend well that's the same with relationships if you're uh i'll use the typical male but if you're if your husband is looking at porn to to get his rocks off it's less likely that he's going to find another real woman you know and I think that's a lot how a lot of women feel about porn. It's they don't mind that their husband's looking at porn because at least he's not with another woman, you know. Hmm. But is he with her though, in mind and spirit or you, whatnot? You know, I, I think a lot of women. Uh, obviously, a lot of different women have different thoughts on this, but I think a lot of the like reasonable ones can have an understanding that porn is just a fictional thing, and as soon as he turns it off, there's no meaning to it. Whereas. You know, you jizz in a woman, and all of a sudden, like, you're cuddling with her, and uh, you're hanging out with her and stuff. And that's, that's you know, the emotional cheating as well as the physical cheating, whereas porn is just, you know, they're not actually there. It's like a recording of them, and, it, you know, once he jizzes, it's like he turns it off, and he's like, hey, babe. <laughs> so do you cuddle afterwards, then? With with porn? No. Or with, after sex? Yeah. I'm a cuddler, yeah. Oh, gross. Cuddler. Okay. Yeah. You don't um, just turn around and fall asleep. Well, I mean, I want to. <laughs> I'm not denying that. But no, I... Well, usually, like, I can fall asleep cuddling, so that works for me. <laughs> Two and one. All right. Well, um, I think we both agree at the, you know... Are you agree government. or strongly agree? Uh, you, like, in between? Probably strongly agree, I would That's say. Goddamn right you're strongly agree. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, what kind of pornography do you enjoy? I don't watch porn. You don't watch porn because you're a good Christian That's boy. That's right. Yeah. Uh, as I've said on the podcast, I enjoy granny porn, and I didn't really explain why. Do you know why I like granny porn? I don't. Because grannies make you cookies and they love you. <laughs> That's why I like <laughs> granny porn. <laughs> and, and these videos you watch, because I've never watched granny porn, and these videos you watch, uh, are they making cookies and loving you? Or? You know, I wish they were. <laughs> I wish that they were uh, making cookies and loving me. Usually they're just like doing some (laughs) fucked up sex stuff. But, you know, I like that in my head, I imagine that this is after the cookies and the love. It's like, here's some cookies, son. Here's some... Uh, here's some love and hugs and kisses, and uh, here's a blowjob too. <laughs> That's uh, pretty messed up, man. That's like you need like you got grandma problems or something. I probably do have grandma problems. Uh-huh. No, I actually uh, my grandmas are pretty chill, but I would not. Uh... That's incest, and incest is uh, wrong. But I mean, I think you just kind of alluded to you know the 
the mental part of things, you know, like the Oh yeah. Um uh I mean, does that mean I want to be with a grandma? No. Not necessarily. Like my ideal relationship is with a really wealthy older lady so that she will die and I'll have lots of money. Or even like just that <laughs> you know, she'll be willing to spend her money on me. She doesn't necessarily have to die. But, like, that's the ideal relationship is, like, an older, wealthy woman. would be perfect. But I'm in a loving, happy relationship as I am right now. <laughs> I was just wondering, like, how is that going to play out when someone listens to it? I, I'm not saying that's what I would prefer. I'm saying that's the ideal. Okay. Because I think that's what everybody wants. Everyone wants to be with an older person who has a ton of money, right? Mm, no, I don't think so. You wouldn't want to be with a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, a ton of money. Well, okay. It, usually it's associated, like, if we could find someone our age with a ton of money, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but the okay, point but, is yeah. that we're using our youth to attract them with the money, if that makes sense. Because they're attracting us with the money, so we're attracting them with our youth. Okay, yeah. yeah that's, so. All right. That's just my angle. <laughs> well, that was fun. Uh, what's this other? What's uh, this other one? This one is the uh, I the I side with. Yeah, so we're doing another question. The I side with uh, the quiz that they have on their website. And then, you know, what's interesting about this website as I pick the question is that uh, it updates. So, like, I can go back and review my answers, and it updates the percentage of how I identify with each uh, candidate. Does it get rid of the candidates that drop out? I believe it does. And it, hmm. as it gets closer to the election, it'll go down to just the main parties. Did you hear Bernie won Iowa? I heard... Well, I, I texted you a screenshot of it, so you must have. Uh, well, I didn't read it then, oh. because... Yeah, Bernie won Iowa. That's highly... And Buttigieg came in second. Biden was third. Isn't that crazy? I heard Biden was fourth after Warren. Uh... The reason, from what I heard, he was third, but I could be wrong. I All I know that, is that uh, uh, Bernie and Buttigieg were first and second. Aren't the results still coming in because of some app? Mess well, up? you know, yeah, they, they nothing's quite finalized. I don't think, but it, it's really good signs for Bernie, which is surprising to me because I did not think Bernie would do so well. I thought that he was kind of like a flash in the pan kind of. Obviously, not. He's been you know, successful, and he's had, his first run was successful, and he was cheated out by Hillary, and then this run, he's also been successful. I just didn't think that that, like, that many people were taking him seriously, but at I least in Iowa, uh, Well, yeah, but I read something that said Iowa might, like, whatever, the, I think the next state's New Hampshire, that, mm -hmm. that a lot of people are going to kind of consider that the first real one, because of all the screw-ups that happened in Iowa. Hmm. Like, uh, well, still, Bernie won by a significant margin. I think he was 29%, and Buttigieg was 26%, or something like that. So, I mean, he won by at least three percentage points. Hmm. Well, we'll see. What do you think of that? Um, I think it's highly concerning. Do you think the Democrats realistically want socialism? Uh, I think some of them do. I think it depends on what type of Democrat you are. But yeah. I think uh, Buttigieg is a lot less scary of an option. I mean, it's still scary, but yeah. they're all scary because even, you know, on the conservative side, there is, you know, there's Trump. And it, that's scary to me as well. But uh, not as scary as socialism. So Yeah, uh, John Stossel made a really good video on YouTube the other day that was... Um, uh, comparing the budget, uh, how much uh, each plan president was planning on spending, 
and uh, Trump was the lowest. He wasn't good by any means, but he was the lowest of all of them, and Bernie was the most. I can't remember his amount. It may have been $3 trillion or something like that, but um, yeah, just for all of his free programs that he has. But Trump isn't a saint either. He, he has a lot of free programs that he wants to offer as well. So it's uh, this is why I'm a libertarian, because both parties... Uh, both parties are socialism. They just treat it differently. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. Should, you know, I need to ask you this question, Riley. Should producers be required to label genetically engineered foods? Can I see it? Is this a real question? <laughs> Should <Yeah. laughs> producers be required to label genetically engineered foods, GMOs? Huh, this is a question I struggle with as a libertarian. Uh, the answers are yes and no. It's a yes and no question. Um, no, there's actually more options, but you just limit it. If you them. click that other stances box, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a uh, something I struggle with as a libertarian because obviously I think regulations hurt industry, but a regulation like this isn't that bad. Like, I'm a supporter of people being forced to reveal their prices. I think that hiding your prices until the customer asks what is the price is a wrong way to conduct your business. And I think that businesses should be required to say what's in their food. I don't know if they necessarily need to say that there's GMOs because GMO is like uh, a genetically modified organism. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it stands for. Um, uh, uh, Genetically modified organic, maybe? Or is it organism? I think it's organism. I could be wrong. But But it's genetically modified object, whatever. (laughs) because that's like an overall term whereas they could just put in the ingredients the genetically modified things but you know i'm not really sure um what do you think uh i think when i answered it on the other stances it's i it was like no comma and gmos are the best uh or are a possibility to end or to solve world hunger um, oh. because so for, I mean those are kind of two different answers but uh, I would probably take the more libertarian answer on here and just answer no and you need to be responsible for fig- obviously they shouldn't hide stuff but I mean um, I, there's so much crap in everything that uh, you know having to put a sticker on you know everything that yeah but just having a line of text on your packaging is not that much work like it's that is not a regulation that's going to severely hurt a business you know um there's a lot of dumb regulations out there that severely hurt businesses but something like just having a line well government's going to screw it up because government screws up everything but if government would just be like all you need is to type this food is made with GMOs on anywhere on your packaging. That's fine with us. But of course, government's going to be like, no, it has to be uh, five inches by four inches, mm-hmm. and it has to be yellow with red coloring. And yours actually didn't pass because your red is kind of a maroon, and that's unacceptable. <laughs> you know, it's it's that that kind of government regulation pisses me off. But I think I would say yes to this question just because I believe that we as the people. I.e. GMOs, I have no problem with them, but people who want to avoid them should at least be able to look at packaging and say there's no GMOs in this. Because a lot of people who 
want to avoid stuff may be ignorant as to what that stuff actually is. I'm not calling them stupid. I mean, I'm ignorant about a lot of things. I'm just saying that if GMOs are the things that they want to cut out, you know, like if they want to cut out gluten or something like that, having it on the packaging would be helpful for them. Okay, so does everything need to say gluten-free or this percent fat or, you know, isn't that what the nutrition label's for? Um, well, yes, but gluten is a little bit different because we know what contains gluten, not me personally, but the people who are looking out for gluten know what to like. Uh, if you were allergic to peanuts or pineapple or something like that, you would look at the ingredients and say, uh, oh, peanuts are in the ingredients or pineapples in the ingredients. I can't have this. But GMOs, you don't know if those peanuts or pineapples are organic or made with GMOs. That's the difference. And gluten, I think, falls on that peanuts and pineapple side of the people who are looking out for gluten know what contains gluten. So if they look at the ingredients and they see that it's a gluten-free wheat or what, I'm not really even sure what gluten is, but um, if they see it's a gluten-free wheat that's in there, then they can be like, I can have this. I don't know. GMOs is something that happens in the production. It's not like one of the ingredients, whereas I think gluten falls into the ingredients. If that makes sense, yes. And I, I, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of ignorance myself, so, uh, you know, that's um, my thought process on it. You know, in Washington, like within the last five or six years, this was on our ballots actually, and oh, really? it was the no side to it was the largest amount ever spent in state history on a on an initiative, and it ended up. Uh, failing so they wait so it, it said should packages be labeled with gmos if they have them or not and people wanting to for it to say no for voters to say no spend a lot of money on it mm-hmm. why is that i don't know and i don't remember like i'm just now reading this i'm just now remembering that this was a thing mm-hmm. that we had in the state and then mm-hmm. uh if it was like back then, this would be a lot more interesting of a conversation because there was more, you know, I, I was more up to date with the facts and what was going on. But I know, uh, you know, whenever I do my ballot, I spend lots of times on a lot of times yeah. on the issues. And I remember I reached uh, no conclusion. And unfortunately, for the sake of this podcast, I can't give you. Well, good reason right now, but like I said, I'm speaking from a place of ignorance on this one. And the libertarian answer would definitely be no. But because I am okay with some government, and this seems like something that's not too absurd, I'm going to say yes. But what is absurd is something that is happening uh, currently. Uh, dairy lobbyists, which um, I used to be lactose intolerant, but recently I think I'm not lactose intolerant. I've been drinking straight up chocolate milk with wow, no problem at I all. I told you that can happen. I know. It's, it's crazy. I don't know. It may have been a mental block or something, but I'm not lactose intolerant anymore. I've been experimenting with cheese and uh, ice cream and all sorts of stuff, and I've been totally fine. Regardless, um, when I was lactose intolerant and I was uh, eating a lot of dairy-free milks and ice cream and stuff, I was doing research on the dairy industry, and the dairy industry is lobbying the government, the federal government, to um, separate non-dairy milk from dairy milk, uh, which some grocery stores do that already, but they're trying to separate it out because uh, milk from an almond in a soybean does not come from a tit. That was like their negotiation tactic is that this does not come from a tit, therefore it's not milk, which is just 
it's ridiculous. That's why I am uh, against money in politics is because that creates a corrupt, like that's crony capitalism that, you know, if someone goes to get milk, they should see all of the milk options, whether it's made the same way or not. If it's labeled like as a milk alternative, it should be with what, the yeah, milk. Yeah, what if the dairy industry just says it wants like milk substitute, it wants to have the name substitute in it? Well, I think something that. like that is pretty dumb too. Um, that that seems like a like a unnecessary regulation. I think. But like, at what point, like, do you get a package of beef and it's labeled meat or it's labeled milk? You know, like, where do you draw the line? Well, that's um, uh, that is a whole kind of other argument, I would say. But like, that could be like the brand, the name of the brand could be milk. Not necessarily representing what the uh, what the product is. However, I do believe that on packaging they should not be allowed to lie. That's like a false advertising kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clearly, I'm not one of those anarcho capitalists. I do believe that there are some regulations, especially when it comes to food, that are necessary. But a lot of them are overregulation and a lot of nonsense, like the you know, lobbyists demanding that dairy milk be separated from non-dairy milk is absolutely ridiculous and dumb and retarded. So with your answer overall on this, how you said yes, because it's not that hard. I mean, I agree with you there. And so I think I'm I'm in agreement with you, but I think my answer still falls under no, because, uh, you know, at what point, like, do we have to start giving in to every freaking special interest there is, you know? That's true. And, but, and so I think, and thinking back to that five or six years ago when it was on the ballot, uh, I think I just took the more libertarian stance and just said, you know, like, people, you know, they can read the ingredient list or whatnot. So, but anyway, it's, well, it's not the end. It's not a end of the world. Something that would uh, support your, your side would be um, GMO is the opposite of organic. So instead of um, having a regulation telling food companies that they need to put GMO on their food if they're made with GMOs, you would just say no false advertising in, in every product that was organic would just say organic on it so that the people who are looking to avoid GMOs would just buy the organic products, you know? Yeah. So essentially, I mean, if that's the way it was, I would be okay with that. I would say no to this and that would be the option. But um, I think it's, I think ultimately it's up to the consumer to stay informed. Exactly. I, and I agree with that. I'm, I'm a big fan of personal responsibility. Uh, do you want to do another question? We got time? Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Uh, uh, let's, we got more questions in this one. So okay. let's pick another iSideWith. iSideWith.com. Good stuff. There's, these aren't very like, you know. These are good. They're not about government. Well, Remember all the ones that we got last time? Yeah. Like I'm, the I, same I, I was talking more about, I, the, I was going on a tangent about how these are cut up. Like, oh, so you're. Like, those, those are, <laughs> the other bags crumbled up so I can like easily pick like a balled up question. Yeah. Just I have to like figure out what slice do I want. Well, who cares? <laughs> just well, you they're just random. do better. Okay. <laughs> I put in the work to cut them up. Okay. Should foreigners currently residing in the United States have the right to vote? Ooh, this is a fun one. Should foreigners, comma, currently residing in the United States, comma, have the right to vote? Yes or no? Comma. Question. Question mark. <laughs> comma. Question mark. Period. <laughs> um, what do you think? 
I think it largely uh, depends on what you mean by the word foreigner. Do you mean somebody who is, like, are we talking illegal immigrants? Absolutely not. Should they be able to vote? Are we talking people here on visas or green cards? Absolutely not. Are we talking about somebody who, you know, currently it says is currently not... residing in the United States? So that means they have a residency here, whether that be legal or not. So I think, for, so for me, it. Uh, and I would, I would let's let's attack this from. We don't know if they're legal or not, but we can assume that this is their permanent residence. So it's not just someone brought in oh, on a work then visa temporarily. Absolutely not. Okay, so because you can't confirm their legality, you say no. Yeah, it, it, for me, it comes down to citizenship, which you can confirm. And yes. Traditionally, citizens have been the ones allowed to vote and uh, not sorry traditionally i mean that's how it is now yeah and uh that's i agree with how it is mm. now i agree that citizens are should be able to vote and that's how it is i don't think every tom sari harry sally whatever you say it um you mean juan maria <laughs> exactly and uh, mohammed uh, you know Julio. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you know just any person here on U.S. land legally or illegally gets to vote. I think that's a privilege that comes with citizenship. I uh, I used I used to be a lot more libertarian on something like this. I'm coming off as more authoritarian today. Maybe it's just these specific questions, but um, I just to be clear, I am a lot lot more libertarian and liberal on the open borders and citizenship than you but i still think that we should have a border um i think that people should be required to become citizens to vote but i think that those processes should be vastly easier and i do think that a government regulated id is a good way to run a society but uh i think just everything Everything that we have right now is fine. It just needs to be, like, the scope of it and the scale of it needs to be taken way, way down. And I don't disagree with that, but just on the base of this question, you know, whether or not we make it easier or harder or whatever to become a citizen, my answer is just when you become a citizen, but I still do agree with you on how we could make that process easier. So I think we would both say no on this. Should yeah. Should foreigners currently residing in the United States have the right to vote? No, because we do not know the status of their legality. If they were legal citizens, then at, yes, absolutely. If anyone comes here and becomes a citizen, I'm totally okay with that. But we both agree that becoming a citizen should be easier than it is right now. Correct. And uh, if you really want to talk about immigration right now, because we have a little bit of time... Um, uh, Something that would actually help your abortion stance is that um, our generation isn't breeding, and uh, that's why we need foreigners, is because our country is getting older, um, and uh, we need young workers to provide for the older people, not necessarily through like taxes or Social Security, but because the older people can't do all the jobs anymore. So we actually need to be more welcoming to foreigners in this country, otherwise we're going to end up like Japan, where Japan is... um, Japan is pretty racist. Like, they're not, like, as racist as some people say, but they are, like, they don't like uh, a whole lot of immigration in their country, even worse than us. And they have a super aging population, and they're, like, 
doing all sorts of stuff to get their young kids to breed, and they're just not doing it. They prefer to play video games and watch porn all day, uh, bringing up <laughs> porn again. But, um, you know, our country is heading in that direction, and a lot of it, you know, I'm not like an anti-feminist, but a lot of it is because of like the Me Too movement and feminist stuff like that. Men are, you know, the men going their own way direction where it's just like, you know what? Video games make me happy. I don't need a woman in my life. And that's making our country older. Our population is aging pretty, pretty rapidly. Our generation isn't breeding and we need foreigners to replace us essentially. And, you know, nationalists will be like, well, you're just taking out the white race, but it's like... White nationalists. Yeah, the white nationalists, yeah. I don't um, like muddying the and, waters between nationalists and nationalists. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, 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 I believe in crossbreeding. I think that that actually creates the best humans, but... Um, uh, as opposed to... What? I, I think... Uh, Mixed race people are very attractive, and because uh, I, th I think that their attractiveness is just a sign that they're like better evolved overall, but also because white people we don't know what inbreeding happened in the background and or in our uh, history and ancestry. And you know, if me and my me and my girlfriend are both white, um, I'm not racist. That's just how it how it happened. You can't uh -huh. you can't choose love. Right. Right. Um, but like, if we did decide to have a kid. You know, who knows if we were somehow related because we're both white, but if I was with a black girl, there's like barely any chance that we're connected at, in our relations at all. So I don't know if you've seen like very many mixed race people, but they are some of the most attractive people on the planet, depending on like Blasians. <laughs> I mean, this might be really racist, but like Blasians are not super attractive. Like Tiger Woods, the older he gets, the less attractive he is. But like, like uh, white and Chinese are really attractive together. Um, well, but maybe some of that is because, like, in uh, Asian countries, the better features are considered bigger eyes and lighter skin. Yeah. Like, those are what you find, like, among other movie stars. Yeah. So, I mean, that could play a part in it. I don't know. For me specifically, uh, uh, rule regarding this matter, I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But uh, I, I get what you're saying about foreigners needing to, re uh, to increase our uh our youth mm. uh, I just think if we were gonna do something like that we need to you know America's a finite space with finite resources well, as it's, is everywhere so we just need like I think maybe we should settle on a number or whatnot I, I disagree with that we have a lot of empty space and a lot of jobs available um, I don't think that uh, people use that as an excuse and it's a, it, Republicans use that as an excuse for immigrants and Democrats use that as an excuse for global warming like a lot of uh, liberals are like the waters will raise and we'll lose Florida and um, uh, New Orleans and it's like so what fuck those places move inland you know there's so much space in the country that we can develop that has water it's just that we have these cities that we're so fucking attached to it doesn't make any sense well, to me people want to live but, by water uh, That's yeah but there's there's 50% there's of... lots of places that are near water you know you drive over to eastern Washington there's lakes everywhere and people no one's living want anywhere to live by the ocean though well those people fucking need to move inland because the ocean is going to we're among the people who live I, by the ocean. I'm flexible with living anywhere. Man. Oh, sure. And, so and, and people up and moved to Nebraska. But the point I'm trying to make is that like people pretend like there isn't just a massive amount of land here. No, there's space and available. There is. That wasn't necessarily my argument. Uh, I guess my argument is that if we 
when I say finite space, if we bring more foreigners in to increase our younger population, it's not like all of a sudden everybody's going to move to the center. What's going to happen is those bigger cities are going to become bigger and overcrowded. Like, but they can expand. I mean, that's essentially what we are. You know, that's what suburbs are, and then suburbs turn into... I mean, you look at Bellevue uh, 20, 30 years ago, and it looks way different than it did than it does now. Because Bellevue started out as a suburb of Seattle, and now Bellevue is like a huge city all on its own with skyscrapers and shit like that. And now where we are now is a suburb of Bellevue, essentially, and we're even growing. Um, and then, like, North Bend is, you know, the, the boonies, but it's quickly becoming a suburb as well. So, you know, the city can expand, and there's it's not like there's not jobs out here. The more people that we have, the more resources we can make. And... Something that's also wrong with this country is the, uh, the American dream, to say. Um, you know, the idea of having a house with a yard and a dog and a white picket fence. Um, we need to lower our standards of living so that we can welcome more people in here. Elaborate. Um, like, it kind of comes down to carbon footprint, but not really. It also comes down to just, like, land space. Um, a lot of the reason why we have a housing crisis is because there's so many regulations on the housing industry that no one really wants to build apartments because it's not worth it for them. There's too many regulations they have to get through. And then they're required to have like rent control and nonsense like that. But if you go over to like China and Japan, they have really small apartments. And sometimes they are too small, admittedly. There's a lot of people in Japan or in China who are just living in closets. But Japan's a better <laughs> example. They have like... Where we live, my girlfriend and I were looking for a studio apartment, and I think in our town, there's only like five apartment complexes that have studios, and in those apartment complexes, they only have like one or two. So like in town, there's probably like 10 studio apartments where they have plenty of like two and three bedroom apartments. And what we need to do is build more studio apartments so that more people can live in those, and studio apartments are also cheaper, you know? Well, and I, I do get what you're saying with the American dream, because I think the whole thing of wanting a house and two cars and a white picket fence, like that's, uh, like, you know, Americans need to be more realistic and not that people shouldn't be able to have that if they want but why is it that you want that because what does that be, need to be the standard because that's been sold to you as the american dream like you know my situation is like i'm renting part of a house from somebody you know yeah. and like i've told other people like people who are like oh well look at you working a full-time job making x amount of money and you know you can't even afford your own place or whatnot. And I'm like, I'm happy in my situation. You know, yeah. like, I don't need to be the character of your sob story. Thank you very much. We're the only culture in the world that separates from our family so quickly. You know, like in India and Africa and the Asian countries, they stick with their parents their entire life. And, and I'm thankful for our culture. I'm thankful that I didn't, like, live with my mom. I needed to separate from her. But um, we need to learn to live with each other for longer, you know, and that's something our generation is doing. That's why Obama increased the uh, a the age of Obamacare to 26 is because our generation is living with our parents for longer because we just can't live and on our own yet. Um, but uh, was that an Obamacare thing? Yeah, yeah. Obamacare made it so uh, you can be on your parents' health insurance until 26. I think in Washington it was that way before. That's why I'm confused because oh, Washington yeah. had that rule before, but now it's yeah. federal or whatever. And, and I could be wrong about that. I'm not like an Obamacare master or anything like that. But 
the point I'm trying to make is that we need to learn to live together more. You know, a lot of people think that if they don't have the American dream, then they're unhappy. But the fact of the matter is that you can live with roommates and be totally fine. I mean, look at how Mexicans do it. And I know that a lot of the things I say come off as really racist, but look at Mexicans. Well, they always have like 100 people living are, those. <laughs> stereotypes are based in some sort of truth. It's usually. like a clown car. You you open up the doors, then punch them, come out. <laughs> I mean, and whether they're happy or not, you know, it's not like necessarily our standard needs to be, you know, 20 people in a two-bedroom Yeah, apartment. but I'm saying that people need to lower but, their standards. Yeah, and, and you know who I blame? Costco. <laughs> I don't know that we have time to get into that, but do you want to ex- explain what you're talking about? Uh, Costco promotes the idea that you need a big family and that you need a big house because everything they sell is in bulk and they have big grocery carts. It's like, come here and we will take care of your family so that you can have a big family and a big house. And uh, it's just... It, well, I Being a libertarian... Costco's also aimed a lot at business people like stocking up your business well i mean costco does have i I, i'm not to say that costco is 100 percent bad i think it the idea that it it promotes the idea that you can't have a family and provide for your family because of costco is bad but i don't deny that like i like going to costco i like their muffins and croissants and i like their little food center that they have outside but Mm, um that's good uh as a libertarian, I believe that we, the people, control the direction that society goes in and not government. And I think that letting a business like Costco rule our lives and say, hey, have a big family and a big house because we'll provide for you is the bad part of society. That's, and that's why a lot of all this, you know, a lot of the times when people blame government or politics, you know, I say a lot of it's on us. You know, yeah. a lot of what people are bickering about, it's on us. Well, that's that's your when we had the abortion podcast a while ago with our uh, guest host Margaret. One of your big things was uh, you don't think that um, we'll ever be a pro life country, or you don't think that in the near future we'll be a pro life country because society needs to change the way it thinks about abortion, which is exactly how I feel about a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, yeah. It's a lot of it comes down to not what exactly the laws are or what our government is doing. It's just the mentality of society, and that takes time to change one direction or another. And you know, uh, no, you know, progress doesn't happen overnight. Despite certain people wanting to push it to happen that way. So. Yeah. Anyway, good talk. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking out our podcast. We appreciate it. Don't forget to email us at quadrant4politics at gmail.com. We checked it just before the show, and we were so heartbroken to see that we had no emails. We, we cried for like five minutes. We did. And was it maybe because people are going to quadrant F-O-U-R? Oh, yeah. It's quadrant4 with a number not mm. spelled out. So quadrant4politics at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget you can catch us on YouTube and most major podcast streaming services and uh yeah leave a comment on youtube or send us an email we would love to hear from you send guys. us a question yeah send us a question so we can get away from these dumb political compass test questions they're not <laughs> dumb they're fun but they you know fun. maybe somebody's got something out there that'll really blow our mind yeah ask us something like ask for a hot take or give us your hot take and we'll thought of we'll, we'll respond reply to your uh thoughts and opinions we would love to hear from you guys uh just be super racist when you write in we'll respond and be like wow this guy's super racist <laughs> uh-huh. and then we can defend ourselves better by saying well this person you know, be like we're not this racist <laughs> <laughs> anyways thank you guys so much for joining and we'll see you in the next one